Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hey everybody, welcome back to A Little Better. Thank you for joining us for another episode. And I'm coming to you with a very important person. Uh, His name is Drew Karshner, but he is more famous for his ability to help you paint like a pro. (laughs) This is our lead pastor who has some amazing skills that the CW keeps reminding us of. (laughs) Apparently I have bladder issues as well. So (laughs) I don't know. I can paint, but I can't hold my pee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect if, if anybody has been watching on the cw or you check out from time to time uh the the tv guide a few times that we've been on tv the cw has put up i don't know if these were like previously paid you know advertisers so. or whatever it was but this past week it was how to paint like a pro with zoom paint or something like that and the first week was literally what was the actual caption for week one it was like trouble with your bladder or having, oh, tr- yeah, something, something like that. Like I, that. I got so many funny like screenshot text messages of people of like, they would try to catch you with a funny face and then like having trouble with your bladder. I'm sure you guys I have enough trouble like on my own of not making funny moments or, you know, just dumb moments myself. And then the CW obviously realizes I, they like to help me out too as well. So thank yeah, you for that. that. A little, just a little bit of extra boost as if we needed more opportunities for people to, to send funny, fun, make some memes, but oh my goodness, that's, that's good. And by the way, if you do have any painting tips, I'd love to hear from, you know, the zoom paint method. Let me know what that is. I'm doing some painting this week, so I need the help. Nice. Um, yeah, let's actually go in a little bit more here. Um, I, I have a question. I think that maybe is related to uh, the um, the way we've been planning our services ever since uh, COVID has hit. Something that if you know, especially for people that listen to this podcast, they're probably insiders in our church and are familiar with how we do things normally. And we haven't typically done a lot of like at the end of a service. You might call it like an altar call or an invitation where people can raise a hand and place their faith in Christ. That kind of a thing. We haven't ordinarily done tons of that. But ever since COVID, we've literally done it every week since March the 15th or whatever it was that we went into uh, COVID. So I'm just wondering if you can let us know why is that? What, what's the thinking behind it? Um, I haven't heard anything negative about it. I just want to you know, give you an opportunity to cast some vision around that. Yeah. So the first weekend we had what we would call COVID series. Um, if you remember, we were in the unfiltered series, Jesus, I was in a boat talking about storms in your life and man, I, I preached that message and I watched it on the stream. I felt really good about it, but there was one major regret that I had was I, I know in the season of fear and uncertainty, people have a lot of questions. And I walked away from that service and I was like, man, I didn't give people a chance to respond to the, the truth of the gospel. And I felt this overwhelming sense of uh, a little bit of regret. And I just felt like the Holy spirit was like, Drew, you, you need to lean into this moment and you need to go for it and give people a chance to respond to the gospel. And so, man, I prayed about it and I just, I had this sense of like confirmation that that's what God wanted me to do and how he wanted me to lead. And so I just chased after it. And so ever since that weekend, I've given people a chance to respond to the gospel. And there's two reasons why I do that. One, because I think there's a lot of people out there who haven't experienced the hope of Jesus who need to experience the hope of Jesus. And I want to give them a clear picture of what that is 
um, the truth behind it and uh, the, the way you accept it. But two, I think just as a Christ follower for us, man, just because I've accepted the gospel doesn't mean I don't still need the gospel and sure. hearing the truth of the gospel each week and being able to pray for people in the moment where they're choosing to respond against the spiritual forces of evil, I think is a really powerful reminder and a really powerful moment for our church. And so I just feel like it's got, it's something really God has led me to do. And we've seen God move in people's hearts. There's really no way of measuring salvation. That's something that only God knows, but we've seen, I think up to this point, 106 people, um, say, Hey, I, I said that prayer. I chose to respond to this message and man, I don't know what that number means. I'll be the mm-hmm. first one to be honest and say, man, we've had 106 people let us know they said that prayer. I don't know what that means. Only God does, but man, I'm going to celebrate that God, people are responding to that. And I just think it's been really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with all that. Is there, what's your thought or what is the conversations thus far related to our plan? Let's say you know, I'm not even going to, I'm going to throw a date out there. Let's just say when we're back together and things are quote normal, even though that will likely be a phased approach. Um, what, uh, what's your guess as to how, or when we might continue this or how long we would continue it? I don't know if I know the answer to that question. I feel like I'm going to just, you know, I, I think we'll continue to do it. I don't, I don't even know if going forward, we'll continue to do it every single week, the way we're doing it. Um, if you've been coming to Northridge church, you know, we like to experiment with things and we, sure. we pull things and we add things fast and quick. And so I'm going to do it until I feel like, you know, God tells me to stop. And I know that's kind of like a, a generic answer, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to continue to do it or if we're going to stop, but um, I've seen God use it and I'm going to celebrate that until we decide to kind of maybe change it or, or adjust it better for our services. So sure. All that to cool. say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an extended answer for the, for the reality of I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I just think that that's probably helpful for people to hear. And even for me, you know, to, to think it through. And, um, and I'm actually teaching this weekend. So I'll, it's good for me to understand some of those dynamics as well, even though we've talked about it some. Uh, cool. So this past weekend was a, a cool one on a few different fronts, but getting to baptize Richie was definitely fun for me. And amazing he, story. Yeah. Incredible story. He worked hard to make sure that he could express that clearly. And so thankful to, you know, Richie's willingness to share and share honestly. I mean, obviously there's details in there that he could have easily told his story without including. Yep. Um, and he chose to be honest and he had even more that he shared, especially about the importance of starting point and part of the particular leaders who lead in the Henrietta campus starting point. Um, Brad and Karen Files, Mike and Chris Maloney are people that he shouted out in particular. And I just, man, that environment across all of our campuses has just been so crucial for people's faith. And he said it, I think he said it best. He said they were there to recruit. I'm sorry, <laughs> backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> they were there to inform, not to recruit. Mm. And I love how he said that. Um, I, I uh, That's the reality of starting point. Now, at the end of the day, we are all kind of low key recruiting, right? I mean, but the way that you want people to feel is that we're just letting you know the facts so that you can make a decision and just be praying that God's at work. In yeah, life. we recruit with love. I, I like that. <laughs> sure. we, it's not like we're people are a number to us. We just love them and we allow God do the to do the work that only mm-hmm. He can do, and that's what He did in Richie's life. He used people to inform them of the truth, love him where he was, and God worked on him. 
Yeah. And that's, if you believe that there's something really good that you're offering to people, even if you're going to do it in a gentle and kind and loving way, you still are low key hoping that they'll do it, which is at some level recruiting, you know? So that's, I mean, it kind of brings us to that missional relationship thing of living with urgency. Like if I genuinely believe that I hold the keys to the truth of, you know, the reality, especially the life after death, then I am going to be at some basic level recruiting, but we don't have to think of recruiting in a negative sense where you're getting, you know, cold sales calls from people that you don't know and who don't care about anything but your money. Like it's not that kind of recruiting, but we could be that kind of urgent, you know, like it's, it's attention yeah. to manage, but we have to, the fact that he felt as if they were just there to inform while in the back of their minds, they're desperately hoping and praying that he'll come to know Christ. That's, that's why that was so perfect to me because mm. it, it illustrated what we're trying, how we're trying to come across while maintaining a deep sense of urgency. Yeah. I think that's well said. And uh, you couldn't even see the gloves that I was wearing. So it really, it really worked. <laughs> I was kind of glad they weren't like bright purple surgical gloves that were like up to the elbows or something that would have looked a little funny. Um, dishwasher but, gloves. Yeah, dishwasher <laughs> gloves. <laughs> Which by the way, do you, do you ever wear those when you no. wash dishes? No. You don't? My wife wears them every time. She's got like purple polka dotted ones, like <laughs> red, bright red ones. Uh-huh. I'm like, why? I, you know why I wear them? One thing. I use them for one thing, one thing only. You ever try to open a jar you can't open? Those <laughs> gloves are bomb diggity for getting wow. jars. I mean, like, I literally, I, I can, like, squeeze my hand. My hand hurts. I put those gloves on. I'm like, Hulk. I become the Hulk with them. I'm like, ha! <laughs> That's amazing. I got to say, I've never had a, a jar I couldn't immediately open. Basically, I just look at a jar and it starts opening because I'm, like, incredibly just strong. Just twist them for you. Yeah, well, no. What? No. I was trying to give myself them for you. <laughs> whatever, whatever, dude. I actually Lauren somewhere along the way, like had decided to grab some of those gloves. And now I legit, like, I don't want to touch anything in the sink. If I'm not wearing those, they, those gloves, it's incredible. I'm not sure I let the public know that Aaron. <laughs> no, seriously, bro. Like imagine doing like 15 Aaron, you're, minutes you're of dishes. You're not going to convince me on this. Dude, 15 minutes of dishes and there's no wrinkly hands afterwards. It's Aaron, amazing. I, I like tubs. So that wrinkly feeling is, I like Oh my it. goodness. There's so, again, there's so much wrong with your whole approach related to water. I just, I feel like we need to do a whole oh, you segment. Mean the most important resource in the world. And I actually like it. <laughs> you know, your body is made up of like 75%. So like right now you're rejecting 75% of who you are and who God made you. No, to I don't like to sit in my own filth. That's what I don't like. <laughs> whatever the fact that you don't pre-shower before a bath is uh, i can't i'll never be over that just to give a pre-reference if i work out in the mud and field i do pre-shower but when i'm already clean and i want to relax i just get in a nice clear water okay no enjoy enjoy your uh lavender bath bomb i'll i'll (laughs) just (laughs) actually that would be uh, that would be amazing i'll take a lavender bath bomb right now i just would pre-shower okay so the series of Life That Matters, one thing I want to lean into, we've gotten some uh, feedback that I think is actually really helpful around the name of the series and what people are understanding it to mean. So let me just set some context and have you give some clarity around it. The tension is a life that matters sounds as if what we're saying, because the word matters has multiple meanings. And so if you think of the word matters in our culture, oftentimes it's coming up with like black lives matter, or all lives matter, or blue lives matter, and all of the tension surrounding that. 
what those hashtags are meant to convey is that in, in particular Black Lives Matter, just trying to illustrate that, you know, there are people in our community are at sometimes treated as if they don't matter. And so this hashtag is meant to highlight the fact that these are, these are lives that actually do have inherent value and worth. And so they're using the word matter to imply there's this life has value just in and of itself. Its existence has value. So when we say a life that matters, we're kind of making it seem as if when you look at the world, there are some lives that have inherent value and some lives that don't have inherent value um, because that's what the word matter can mean at times. So I, I don't believe we're saying that. And I would love for you to tell us what we mean by the word matter so that we can clear up for people that we're, we're not demeaning the value of any human. Sure. And I think we brought a little bit of clarity to this this weekend when we talked about oh, relationships no. and, you know, we made this statement. I made this statement. Um, I don't know why I said we. I guess it was just me and that the empty royal, room. The royal plural. <laughs> um, you know, we said every life matters. It has intrinsic value because God made people that way. He put his image in them. And so mm-hmm. every life has value. That's the way God made us. And so you can't argue that statement because God already stamped his approval, the truth on it. And so every life has value. What we're really talking about in this series is what you do with your life and does what you do actually make it count. And so your actions have a lot of weight on whether your life has impact. It counts uh, for not just here and now, but for all of eternity. And so we're looking at uh, kind of like the idea of legacy Mm -hmm. of, a legacy that you can, and we're going to talk about this in the series. So this is kind of a sneak preview of where we're headed, a legacy that lasts here on earth, but also looks towards eternity. And so this is really an action oriented series on what you're doing with your life and how much, you know, how much it can count if you're investing it in the right things. Got it. So it's more about the cumulative result of your life's efforts. And I love that word legacy. I think that's a perfect description because that's what we're really leaning into is to say, if you get to the end of your life and you were to just tabulate what you've accomplished and who it will impact and for how long it will impact them, will you be able to say your life matters? And there's people who have accomplished a lot, but it's stuff that won't ultimately matter for eternity. Like, um, you know, whatever, a sports legend who invests their entire life in sports and they get to the end of it and like, okay, you got six MVPs or whatever, but like, that's not going to matter for eternity. That's not to say that the only thing that has, the only thing you're allowed to do with your life, like if you're an accountant, you need to quit and become a missionary because you're crunching numbers and that doesn't matter. Like, of course, that's not what we're saying, but we, that's what a life that matters is meant to imply is are you investing your life, whether you're an accountant, a pastor, an NBA star, or whatever you're doing, are you using that platform and those opportunities to have a result of your life that you're going to say, man, I'm so glad that I was a basketball player this way, that I was an accountant who operated right. this way at work. You know? yep. Yeah. And I think it's, it goes back to like what Paul said this weekend, making the most of every opportunity. So it's learning to invest your time into the right things that not only have impact here, but have impact for forever. Got it. So I think that will, you know, if, if there are folks either struggling through that or trying to figure out like if we're making it seem as if someone matters or doesn't. In fact, I think it's even more important to say, no matter how you spend your life, it will not impact in any way your inherent worth. You can't right. make yourself more or less valuable to God by the way that you live your life. Isn't that the great thing about God? How awesome is that? That truth mm-hmm. is amazing that no matter what you do with your life, doesn't change the value God has placed on your life. 
mm-hmm. but it has significance for where you spend your eternity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if people have questions about that, you know, if there's, you're still struggling through that, trying to figure out either what we mean, or if there's anything in this that brings up attention in your own life, uh, feel free, you know, of course, always reach out to any of us, anybody on our staff, uh, any of our social media, we've made that clear. Uh, we want to be as accessible as possible. And we would love to bring up specific questions or tensions if you've got them. Um, uh, one thing that we even talked about, Drew, as we were, I guess, sorting through this tension was um, a line from something that came to my mind right away was a line from the book, Don't Waste Your Life uh, by John Piper, which if you haven't read it, it's kind of like a Christian classic at this point. John Piper makes some really, really strong um, uh, points about how to invest our lives. And I think it has really impacted a generation of Christianity, but there's a moment John Piper's father was an evangelist. And at one of his evangelism meetings, a guy came forward, placed his faith in Christ. He was in his like late sixties or something. And John Piper has this vivid memory of this man in, you know, what felt like John Piper's a kid. So this guy felt like really old and he was at the end of his life had just placed his faith in Christ. And the, the refrain he kept repeating after placing in faith is Christ was I've wasted it. I've wasted it. I've wasted it. Mm. The guy looking back on his life and realizing I have nothing to show for these 60 plus years of my life because I've spent it all on myself. Yeah. So that person, you know, this guy, he doesn't not matter to God. Of course he matters to God. He has inherent worth, but he right. was self-declaring, I've wasted my life. I've spent it on stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. And now I wish I could invest it in something that does. That reminds me, Aaron, uh, this is kind of a sneak peek into this, oh, this weekend word. is yes. we've got a story we're going to share that is very similar to that. I think that's going to be really powerful in your message. I can't wait. I just watched it. It's like, man, it's, it'll charge you up. It'll, it'll, it'll <laughs> cause you to reevaluate your, what you're doing with your life. I mean, no it, it, doubt. it's so powerful. And so make sure you're, you know, inviting your friends. What a, what a great story. It's an incredible story. And by the way, shout out to Connor Ellsworth, who is actually in our Zoom call right now. Dude, you did an incredible job with the video. It came together really well. And he, I've watched it, I don't know, a a number of times. And each time I keep thinking, the first time I listened to it, I was like, wait, why am I preaching? (laughs) Can we just play this? It's like a four and a half minute video. I was like, let's just play this and be done. Like I have nothing to contribute. Um, So yeah, it's so good. And, And his sentiment, you know, that this guy from the book, Don't Waste Your Life and what you're going to hear from Michael this weekend, it's just the idea that like, man, I wish I had done this differently. I don't mm-hmm. feel like my life had mattered until I started living this way. And so, um, and that's what yeah. the series is all about. Aaron. That's what the series is all about. You know, we talk about death brings perspective. When you're facing death, it don't matter how well you lived your life. There's going to be things you look and be like, man, I did, I did a great job with this, but there's also going to be areas where you're like, I wish I would have changed things. I wish right. I would have done things differently. And it's, it's crisis and death that actually give us the clarity that we need to see things accurately. I love that. And so actually let's, let's talk about that related to the different categories of relationships. What would you do differently? Where do you think we tend to go wrong? This is related to everyday relationships, intimate relationships, missional relationships, and our relationship with God. Those are the four categories you talked about. And you even did a little bit of, you know, confession or honesty with us about, you know, uh, phone snubbing your kids or whatever, um, and having regret around that as we all have. Um, how have you processed this? Uh, even just since Sunday related to uh, making the most of every opportunity in relationship. Yeah. I think the big things that I was challenged by my, my message was one, man, I, I want to have more boldness and I feel like I'm, I'm seeing that in this crisis. Like I've had way more boldness 
just to invite anybody and everybody. I've, I've been like scrolling through my contacts being like, who haven't I talked to in a while? And how can I invite them to the live stream? And I'm realizing the worst thing that can happen to me is someone ignores my text or says, I'm not interested. Like, I've just, I've, this, this crisis has given me this like, like, dude, why haven't you been this bold before? Like what, what has stopped you? And like, it's just creating a boldness in me. And I want more of that. I want that to continue to grow. I don't want it to fade as the crisis fades. I want to, I want to keep that this urgency of like, man, I can come up with all the excuses, but what urgency does is it just tears down all my excuses and says, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm learning a little bit of that with my missional relationships. And then with my everyday relationships, you know, obviously I don't want to talk too much about my dad because we've talked about him, but like, whew, um, yeah, there's just some moments I regret that I wish I could get back. So that's all I'll say about that because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make it through. So, yeah. And I'm, uh, as much as sometimes we'll make it seem like you're the emotional one and I'm the like well, nerdy one. Um, I, I am a super sappy person when it comes to certain really like in particular with Lauren, like we legit can't watch like emo even, even like rom-coms are sometimes on the edge for me. Like if there's breakups or spouses passing away or stuff like that, like I'm always just like, Oh Lauren, I love you so much. And like, I'm gonna, you know, don't, don't ever leave me and I'm going to miss you. And like, I don't know, just, it's easy to real there something about, again, seeing other people's tragedies or whatever, it makes us realize like this relationship matters. And yet an hour ago, I thought it was more interesting to be watching some YouTube video. Like we've all had that moment where either you're talking to your spouse or a friend or something and you're kind of like the phone starts to creep in and you're now you're looking at your phone and I've, I know I've done this a million times where I have to admit to Lauren, I'm like, I gotta be real with you. I didn't hear a word you just said <laughs> because I was too busy doing something stupid. And I, you know, you talked about we, we replace the meaningful with the meaningless. And like, I'm watching a YouTube video on how to set up dust collection in a wood shop. And like my, my, the love of my life is talking to me about something, even if it's insignificant. And I've somehow decided in that moment that I'm going to prioritize the dumbest yeah. video over. And, and those, like, as you said, like, those are the moments that I'm just going to say, what was I thinking, you know, in, and we, we can't live our lives full of regret of like, did I literally maximize every second of our relationship? And I know, right, right. but at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to lose seconds. You know, yeah. I, I want to make the most of every opportunity. And Paul uses that in particular with mission, you know, in both Ephesians and Colossians, Yep, those are specific to people who are far from God. He's saying, make the most of every opportunity. But I love that you applied it more generally to even just either your barista or the people that we we know the most, like make the most. Why would you not make the most? We have such a short life. These people mean so much to us and these people will be around for eternity. So catch every moment, you know? Right. And I, I just think like, you know, we, we've all worked a job where someone's a jerk to us mm -hmm. and we've all, all worked a job when someone was kind and appreciative. And it, sometimes it's as simple as that with your waitress or your, or your, the person serving you coffee or whoever your coworkers. It's just like, Hey, I appreciate you. Like that goes a long way. Or, Hey, thanks for my coffee. It, it was amazing. Or, Hey, how, how, how's your day going? Having a conversation. One thing my wife is so good at, and honestly, this is where I get convicted in my everyday relationships. Like we're checking out and I'm ready to go. And my wife is sitting there talking to the cash register. And I'm like, babe, not <laughs> up. Let's go. Like, 
Drew, this is a person and they're talking to me and I'm like, dang, I, I, I'm a jerk. I am a jerk. Sure. I'd rather get on with my day than, than make the most of the opportunity in front of me. And my wife is mm-hmm. so good at this. She just, she'll sit there in 30 minutes, talk, even if there's people behind her. I'm like, babe, these people hate you back here, but this person say, loves you. Like uh, the cashier, every cashier that's ever talked to Ashley loves her. Everybody who's in behind Ashley hates her. They just keep moving. <laughs> like my wife knows like the people at where she goes, where she shops. They, she knows the name. Like when they show up, when she shows up, she's like, they're like, Hey, Ashley, good to see you. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> and what, awesome. what is, I mean, and I'm convicted. I'm like, I just, I do. I view these people as a means to an end. Your job yeah. is to check me out. Give me it as fast as you can so I can get the heck out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very difficult when people serve a utilitarian purpose in our life. It's very easy to begin to ignore them, to not even see them. And certainly, and, and uh, you, you mentioned it, we've, we right now care about these kind of quote everyday relationships in a way we don't normally because at the moment (laughs) your interaction with the cashier at Wegmans is now like one of your only, it's also one of your only interactions with your family. So you're like, you're you're chatting it up with everybody, but now they're doing self checkout. Except there's a screen there and plexiglass back away, sir. I'm like, I just need a hug. It's bulletproof glass. And they're just like, please back (laughs) away from the barrier. But um, yeah, so we notice these people and we are grateful for these people, but you know, life will go back to normal. Just like, a year after a funeral, we go back to how we were operating, you know, months down the road after this crisis is over, we're going to, we're going to start ignoring people again. And so that's what this series, the essence of it is, you know, go, it's better to go to a house of mourning, learn the lesson there and concentrate it into your life such that it won't take crises in the future to make you care about people, to not miss moments with your family. And I know we keep coming back to what the series is all about, but I, I guess that's just what feels that's why we That's do the this heart of it because they're yeah. so important. And, you know, everybody wants to go back to normal, which I get at some level I do, but I think we would be missing what God's trying to do. If we just go back to the old normal that we had, mm-hmm. maybe we create a new normal that is actually more effective and actually with our lives counts even more. Yeah. That's beautiful. Let's, let's push toward that. Uh, anything we need to know about this coming weekend? Um, the man with the beard is preaching. Mm, so, Nate no. <laughs> <laughs> you're preaching, which I'm excited. I want, I'm thankful. Um, I just, I needed a break emotionally and spiritually and physically. <laughs> sure. um, so thank you for that. I'm excited to hear. We're going to be talking about um, investing our resources. And so it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. Awesome. We're going to look at two stories. So I'm pumped about that. It's going to be a great weekend. I, I, I've loved this series and I think it's, it's having some impact on people's lives. So Agreed. I can't wait to hear Michael's story. This weekend? Uh, well, other than if you love it, um, then I did some tweaking. If you hate it, then it was Drew's original message. So th- that's Fair all enough. I really. Thanks. <laughs> that's all I have to say. I want whatever credit there is to have. I want it. Whatever blame <laughs> there is, I'm dishing it. <laughs> I'll take it for you, bro. You're preaching for uh, me. I'll take your blame. <laughs> Hopefully the CW, dude, if they give me, I can't wait for what they will. Captain they, hey, you know, it's going to be perfect. The weekend <laughs> I'm not there. You won't get any pictures, <laughs> no awkward faces with is your bladder out of control. It'll be like the title is going to be Aaron Hickson is better than Drew. I, that's what they're going to put out. <laughs> no, it's going to be like a modeling agency or something. <laughs> <laughs> be like, Don't you wish you looked this good? <laughs> oh, oh my man. goodness. Okay. Well, 
we'll we'll just wait and see. I don't want to get too excited about what the CW labels me. But thanks everybody for listening. Seriously, we would love to have a conversation with you. Uh, send in comments, questions, concerns. Uh, we want to alleviate tensions and help everybody the way that we can. So we'll see you this weekend on the chat stream or the correct label CW. Thanks, guys. Thanks.